Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it give, may give grace to those who hear. And do not he grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Paul gave us a practical list of how we can stop hurting the body and start strengthening the body. Right? In each verse, we see this negative action followed by a positive action. What to stop doing and then what to start doing. We see this starting in verse 5. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Guys, we have six points tonight, so it's going to be extremely fast-paced because it's a shorter sermon as well, so please be focused with me. Let's do this. Point number one, recognize the harm lying causes. Do you always speak truth with your friends? I mean, think about that for a second, right? Or who have you not been honest with recently? And, and why have you decided not to be honest with that person? I mean, lies can cause so many problems within our ministry. I mean, think about it. What happens when we lie to one another? I mean, that, that harm done, in the, it gives harm to the, to the unity of true north. And divisions can occur. And when divisions occur, I mean, think about your small group. You think about uh, the church itself. People will leave the church over divisions when we're not unified. It weakens that strength and that unity that we have together. A ministry that's surrounded by lying people, by liars, well, we can't rely on one another. There's no trust in that type of relationship. There's no trust in that body of believers. But how do we fix that, right? Well, simply, we speak truth to each other. 100% of the time, all the time, no options, even when it's hard to do that. Think about like when uh, you know, you're in sin and you don't want to admit your sin to somebody. You're not being completely honest to that person. Or think about when uh, you need to call out a sin in a brother or sister in Christ. I mean, that's a difficult thing to do, but we need to be honest with those that are, um, that are in our body. Speaking, with, uh, speaking truth, it builds trust, uh, and that's key to any relationship. I mean, think about your friends or your family or your parents, whatever. You, you have to have trust with them, and we have to rely on one, of the, uh, one another. When we trust one another, then we are strong. And when we trust one another, we're unified. Back to our text, verse 26. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Paul is telling us here that anger can lead to further sin, right? And when we let that anger linger within our relationships, well, then Satan jumps into that opportunity, right? And he tries to cause further divisions between you and your friends or whoever you are angry at. So those disputes that we have with one another, with one another we can't let them stick around. We need to deal with them quickly. So point number two, deal with those disputes quickly. Deal with disputes quickly. So think if your spotter was mad at you, right? You're trying to do this lift and your spotter is mad at you because, I don't know, you drank his protein shake. He's frustrated. Man, you drank my protein, that's my protein for the, for the day. 
and, and you go to do a set, right? I mean, let's think about our clean and jerk analogy. You get here and you go to lift up and you, you just can't get it and you're coming back down, you're coming back down and you're like, hey man, are you gonna spot me? And your spotter's simply like, no. No, man, you drank my protein shake. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not, you're about to die. <laughs> you drank my protein shake. Our arguments directly cause disunity. How silly can our arguments be sometimes, right? Remember, we are members of one body. Are you in dispute and you refuse to resolve it? Even, even if it's something big, something small, those disputes affect the entire ministry. It's not just affecting you and that other person. Because think about it, right? When you have uh, a disagreement with somebody, it doesn't just stay between you and that other person. No, you go and tell Jimmy and you say, hey, Jimmy, look what, look what Billy did. This is, it's crazy, right? You, are you with me? And then Billy's like, yeah, man, it was, it was terrible. And then Johnny goes over to Freddie and says, hey, man, are you with me? Like, I mean, he's crazy. He's the one that's, he's the one that's being crazy. Right? Well, now you got four people involved. And then Freddie and whosoever goes and tells four more people. Now you got eight people involved. And now you got everybody involved into this small dilemma that could have been resolved so quickly if we just simply forgave each other. I mean, and, and when we talk or when we uh, uh, spread that, um, those, those disagreements, right? When we get more people involved, that's when Satan jumps in, right? Jumps in on that opportunity and he spreads it further and grows it more than it needs to be. I mean, think about this, right? Your, your disputes, they shift focus away from Jesus and they put it on you. I mean, that's massive, right? Your small disagreements, even if it's big, we need to quickly dissolve it because it, uh, until, if we can't dissolve it, if we stick, uh, we are continuing to be angry at each other, those arguments uh, can lead to uh, further divide and we can't be strengthened as a ministry and, um, because it's uh, the, the purpose of Jesus Christ is taking a back seat. So how do we stop this? We're going to have these disputes, right? We quickly need to forgive one another. That's the trick to stopping these disagreements that we have together. And that takes some humility. We have to be a bigger person. We have to be the first one that decides, okay, man, I'm, I'm over. Even when you, it's not you that, that started the argument. Recognize unity and strength of the body in Christ is so much more important than that small argument that you have with one another. And when we, when we are in agreement and in like mind, that's when our body grows stronger. That's when our ministry grows stronger in unity. So back to our text, verse 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, <clears throat> so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. You can guarantee a body of believers focused on helping one another will grow in strength and unity. So we need to, point number three, resolve to meet the needs of others. Resolve to meet the needs of others. Sometimes in the weight room, there'd be these newbies, right? There'd be these people, usually it's freshmen, that don't know what they're doing. So you had to walk up and help these, these new guys out. They didn't, know what, they didn't know what the lift to do or, you know, they have too much weight or whatever the situation is. And I would look at them and I'd be like, oh, okay. They're, they'll figure it out. They're fine. They, they got this. No, what I was doing was I, was I could have been potentially robbing them of safety, right? I could have been potentially robbing them of growing stronger because I refused to help them. They had a need that I could have met that I refused to meet. 
Some of us are thieves. And you're saying, Roy, I, I've never stolen anything in my life. What are you talking about? I'm not a thief. Some of us are thieves because we neglect to meet the needs of other people when we can. We rob that true norther who's brand new to the ministry and we rob him of a sense of comfort and community because we refuse to go talk to them. We see them alone, we walk away, right? We rob Elvis and Monse and Pastor Rod when we refuse to help them clean up or set up because they, they have, we're robbing them of time with their families. We rob, you rob your friend of, a, of a hearing the word of God preached at beach night on Wednesdays because you have a car and they don't and you're just too busy to take, give them a ride. We have all failed to meet the needs of other people. How can we fix it, right? That's the, that's the trick. How can we fix it? Well, we need to be actively seeking ways to help people in need. Be intentional about it. Guys, I mean, think about if every single true norther had this, this mentality, right? They were actively seeking ways to help each other. Every need quickly met, right? That naturally builds unity. We grow love for each other and we grow in kindness towards each other. Even something small can become something so big. I mean, think about like that person that you befriended. We're pretending that you're that, that person that, befriend, that didn't befriend, but now you did befriend. You befriended that person new to True North, and this caused them to stick around, right? They come the next, the next week and the following week, and they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ preached, and they become converted. They become a Christian. And that, that started with you befriending that person, right? Of course, Jesus does the saving, but it starts with you meeting that need of that new person. We need to resolve to meet the needs of other people. Verse 29 let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Corrupting talk is any speech that is worthless, right? Cuss words, offensive jokes, anything that's not edifying or building up one another. Paul's talking about words that don't build up, but they tear down. Point number four, don't tear people down. Don't tear people down. One weird thing that spotters do in the gym is they yell encouragement at, each, at the lifter. Like, you got this, bro. Do it. Yeah, you can do this. Well, think of if the, if the flip side, right? Think if your spotter was like, you can't do it. You're terrible at lifting. Nobody here has faith in you, right? That, that's ineffective. You're, you're not going to cause this person to grow in strength. You're not going to cause this lifter to meet their goal of lifting the weight. Think about how we tear each other down in our ministry. Have we gossiped about each other? Have we talked about a friend behind their back? Or maybe you've intentionally said something to a friend with the intention of hurting them. You wanted to harm them. How, and think about the time that that's happened to you. How did that make you feel, Right? How did, how did that hurt you? This is destructive to the unity of the body of believers here at True North. And when we do these things, we are harming not only our relationships, but the, the growth of the entire ministry, the whole ministry's relationship with one another. Instead, let's use words to edify one another. Let's build one another up. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Our words should be righteous and wholesome. Our words should be encouraging to each other. Edifying words, they 
promote this sanctification of the individual. And when you uh, <clears throat> encourage, you lift that individual up. And when we grow in Christ as an individual, when we are sanctified, when we become more like Jesus Christ, well then as the body, they grow more like Jesus Christ. How are you doing in conversations with your friends? Right? Are, are you the person that's edifying? Are you building up? Do you tend to build up other people or do you tend to tear people down? We need to be the ones who are edifying each other. A body of believers that is focused on building one another up and not tearing down, that's a body that is strong and unified. Verse 30 here. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Paul is helping us understand that these sinful behaviors listed that we just talked about, right, cause the Spirit grief. It causes grief because he cares about how we act and he cares about how we act towards other people. He cares about their righteousness and their spiritual growth and then our spiritual growth and how we uh, relay that to other people. We, we need to understand that God deeply cares for his people. And that's point number five. Understand God deeply cares for his people. God cares how we treat each other. When we engage in these sinful behaviors against each other, the ones that we just talked about, I mean, listen to this. Listen to this. Are you hearing me? We're not only offending that person that we're sinning against. We're offending God. I mean, again, that's a massive statement. The Holy Spirit dwells within every single Christian, and every sin that we commit against that Christian is an attack against God himself. Acts 9.4 proves this, where... He, uh, Jesus is speaking and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He doesn't say, why are you persecuting my people? He says, why are you persecuting me? And that's because, uh, and remember, if you remember that, that passage, Saul is persecuting other Christians. He's harming other Christians. He, he wasn't attacking Jesus. But we're part of uh, the body. We are part of the body of Christ. So God takes offense to that. When we treat each other sinfully, we are hurting the strength of the entire ministry. God cares about our personal righteousness as well. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us, right? That's the goal of the Holy Spirit, to make us more like Christ. He cares about our holiness. And when we sin, and when we lie, and when we argue, and when we steal, we go against God's will. We go against the will of the Spirit. These actions oppose His direction for us. They they oppose his sanctifying work. They oppose his goal for unity within the body. We talked about that in Ephesians 4.3 in one of the first sermons that we had. We need to care about what God cares about. And God cares about his people. That's you guys. Care about one another. Care about his church. God cares that we are unified and growing in strength regularly. And that starts with our righteousness that directly contributes to that goal. Back to our text, our last two verses here. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So verse 31 is kind of like this summary of all the sinful behaviors that we just talked about. And then verse 32 is a summary of how to counteract those behaviors. All of these righteous behaviors listed can be implemented when we display Christ-like love. That's point number six, display Christ-like love. Have you ever had a really good spotter? Those who have lift. Anyone have a good spotter before? 
There we go. Joseph, yeah? Had a good spotter. Well, they were excited to be there, right? They paid attention to your lift. They checked on your form. They were caring about your safety and shouted encouraging words. They weren't shouting those negative words, right? They weren't shouting discouraging words. You wanted to, uh, they wanted you to get stronger more than you wanted to get stronger. Well, some of us are really bad spotters. We talked about that earlier. We like to be bitter. We like to harbor this, this ill intention towards each other. And we leave anger unchecked and give that opportunity to Satan. And we talk bad about each other. This behavior is destructive to our unity and strength as a body of believers, True North. We're harming our ministry when we behave this way. So let's start being a good spotter, right? We're being a good spotter when we display Christ-like love. John 13, 34 through 35, I'd love for you to write that passage down. Amazing passage, the 11th commandment. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Okay, think about the, the, the magnitude of that statement. The same love that Christ has for you, Christ commands you to have for each other. Jesus died for you. If you're a Christian here tonight, Jesus died for you. And he says, okay, now go love your fellow true north of that same way. I don't know, have you guys died for someone before? No, you're here. <laughs> So, no, we, we need to have that, that, that type of uh, mentality towards people. We need to love people this way. Okay, so how do we do that, right? That's the big question. What do we do with this information? Well, we display Christ-like love through kindness towards each other. I mean, kindness strengthens our relationships naturally. And kindness squashes a few of these listed here. It, it, it squashes wrath. It squashes anger, clamor, slander. And in case you don't know, Clamor is like yelling at one another. Slander is t saying false things about someone behind their back. Who can you think of that you've done this to? Who can you think of personally that you're being mean to today that you need to apologize to? Display Christ-like love by having compassion on other people. Compassion strengthens uh, care and understanding, and it counteracts malice. Malice is ill intentions that we have towards other people. We harbor this wickedness towards other people. And when we care for each other, those evil intentions that we have, they dwindle, they subside. Right? When we're caring about other people, we can't have that anger harbored in our heart. Display Christ-like love by forgiving each other. Jesus forgave us for our sins. As Paul said, just as Christ forgave you, Jesus paid, uh, forgave us for our sins, past, present, future sins. Yet we refuse to forgive the small sin of the person that hurt us? They committed a, a, a small sin against us, and we refuse to forgive them? Think, I mean, we've been forgiven so massively, so we can easily forgive even a big sin against, that's committed against us. Who tonight do you need to forgive? Who have you been harboring that ill intention, and you refuse to forgive them? Who do you need to maybe apologize to? Maybe this is making you think about, man, I did that thing wrong, and I haven't even said sorry to that person. For forgiveness cancels out that bitterness because when we have a forgiving heart, we can't harbor that bitterness against these people. Displaying Christ-like love is the key to being a strong and unified body of believers. Guys, our ministry, our body of believers, all of us here, 
We must be unified this year. We live in a world that is so disunified, disconnected. We need to be the ones who are unified throughout this series, right? We discussed unity. We discussed what unity founded through Christ. It's only founded in Christ. We discussed uh, walking through how to specifically love other believers. We talked about that. We talked about how we have each have a role, we each have a gift of the church that we can utilize for the benefit of our body, right? And we tried to identify those things. We discussed the importance of growing as a body of believers. And then tonight, we touched on specific ways that we might be hurting the body right now and how we need to change and start strengthening the body today. So we can't let this series go through one ear and not the other. And this stuff is vital for the health of our ministry, vital for the furthering of God's kingdom. We all have a purpose here. That's to get the gospel out. That's to be sanctified. So let's do that. Let's make this group of True North, all of us, the strongest, most unified, and most Christ-like group that we've ever had. Let's pray. Thank you.